This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 59, looking at Gotham Season 2, episode 8, Tonight's the Night. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to Gotham TV Podcast, where we are looking at this evening's episode of Gotham. Tonight's the night, which is episode eight of this second season. Mm. I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. I'm busy little bees this week. We've uh, we've been doing lots of podcasting. Uh, unfortunately, not on Gotham. Uh, it took us a little bit longer than normal to get up, get back to uh, this episode of Gotham. Um, what we've been doing is covering uh, Deadpool uh, over on our sister podcast, or our brother podcast, um, Defenders TV podcast. Uh, just got that episode out this week. So with a leap day in the year this year, we added an extra podcast to our list. <laughs> yeah, we are pretty busy indeed. Um, and as such, we are... Are slightly falling behind, I think, but um, that is how the cookie crumbles. That's right. And we still have an Agent Carter podcast to do this week, so we are going to be even busier moving forward. Uh-huh. Uh, but with this, we are Gotham TV podcast. Enough about our sister and brother podcast, <laughs> and we can be found on a gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. You can also search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good podcast catcher. Uh, please just search Gotham TV Podcast yeah. on Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher, or Beyond Pod. And of course, um, we are nothing but without you, the listener. So please subscribe and leave a review. Um, you can also join us for any discussions and feedback on the podcast on Gotham this season, season two, just uh, send in comments or discussions to feedback at Gotham TV Podcast. Yeah, and you can also join us over on Facebook. Just search for Gotham TV Podcast. We have a page and a group over there. We recently set up the group over there just for this year so that we can talk about Gotham at the UK pace because we know that uh, there's a lot of spoilers out there as the second season, uh, second half of Season two kicks back in in the US and Canada. There'll be a lot of spoilers for people talking about episodes that none of us have seen yet. So uh, so if you want to come and join and talk about Gotham at that pace, just search for Gotham TV podcast over on Facebook. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Again, we will uh, ensure that we don't spoil any future episodes. Uh, follow us at Gotham TV podcast over on Twitter or join our Google Plus. Uh, you can see us over there as well. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think with that, I think we can move on to this week's episode of Gotham tonight. The night, yeah. Um, as always, we will be covering our five points of the episode good, bad, or indifferent, and we will be looking at them to see whether we can spot in the the mix a Batman 66, a Tim Burton Batman, or a Christopher Nolan Batman. And of course, with Batman v Superman only three weeks away now at this stage, mm-hmm. I wonder whether we will be looking out for a Ben Affleck. Batman as well, yeah, uh, possibly, moving forward. Possibly. Possibly, yeah, maybe Bruce will get a metal suit, perhaps. 
and fight a young uh, <laughs> Clark Kent. You never know. You never know. There might be another playground battle coming up for Brucey. Um, but with that, then, Derek, what are the details of tonight's episode? Yeah, this episode, uh, Tonight's the Night, was written by another Gotham newcomer this week. Uh, Jim Barnes wrote this episode. He has done a few TV shows in the past. He's done uh, Falling Skies, Revolution and Nikita, but uh, pretty recently... Uh, joining the group for Gotham, so um, we'll see what he got. Uh, this episode was directed by Jeffrey Hunt, though, so a seasoned professional within Gotham. He uh, directed the wonderful first part of the in, the reveal of of Jerome last year. Mm. Um, the episode, the blind fortune teller, uh, that was his episode. So uh, yeah, another another bit of quality directing uh, coming into this one. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us between them with the synopsis for this week's episode? Absolutely. Theo Galavan offers Bruce a proposition, information about the killer of his parents in exchange for a controlling stake in Wayne Enterprises. In the meantime, Theo has also instructed Barbara to kill Jim Gordon, and she confronts him at the GCPD, where Gordon risks himself and his integrity to find more information about Galavan. However, en route to an unspecified location, the police envoy is attacked and Jim is taken hostage. Hostage to Barbara's fantasy for a twisted wedding at Gotham Cathedral. However, Bullock, Barnes and the Strike Force discovers Gordon's location and Barbara is given a bigger letdown at the altar than she was expecting. (laughs) Elsewhere, Galavan's other plans begin to unravel as Bruce declines Theo's proposition just as Gordon arrives and arrests Galavan following information obtained from Barbara. Meanwhile, if you go down to the Gotham Woods today, you are sure of a big surprise, as was Ed Enigma, who has run in to a familiar face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some excellent stuff in there uh, towards the end of this episode, definitely. Like, overall, a, a pretty good episode, I think. I think there were some elements that were a bit, um, I think, so-so. It was a bit inconsistent, this episode, for me, mm. um, if I'm totally honest. Um, but there were some also really great bits, which, like... It kind of threw me. I didn't quite know what to think of this episode. Some really good bits, but also then a few sort of dud hits for me. Um, but I think um, that's my kind of overall impression mm-hmm. of, of the episode. Derek, what, what were yours? Yeah, I think pretty similar. There's some... Uh, some. It's great to see Barbara back uh, at her full crazy self, uh, definitely. I uh, loved the uh, the moment in the woods, which I will talk about as we get through our points. But yeah, there was a couple... Of, there's kind of a, a little bit of a, a, a misbalancing, I suppose, in this episode. Um, kind of made me look forward to next week's episode a lot more than just enjoying this particular episode. I definitely. Suppose. I mean, I think it also, as well, may just have suffered from... Uh, coming off the back of last week's episode which we obviously both really really enjoyed Um, and sometimes that can always be uh, an issue with episodes but ultimately that's how you uh, decide whether an episode is good or bad or not i suppose ultimately um but i think with that derek what's your first point your first case file (laughs) my first case note yes uh is Barbara's crazy as a bag of cats in this episode. <laughs> that's the, that's my exact point. Uh, it opens up with a with a really interesting idea, which is kind of a a dream sequence or a nightmare sequence for Barbara Keane, uh, where she's finally tying the knot 
with a bit of a weird version of Jim Gordon. Uh, loved the scene, though. I loved as, as uh, all the other characters in Gotham started to, started to replace the people in the ceremony. So you had Oswald Cobblepot replacing the priest. You had Galavan replacing the organist on the, up on, on the stage. thought that was a really cool touch. And one particular touch, which I really enjoyed, which is I think our first Tim Burton Batman call-out that we've had this season, uh, when Barbara opens her mouth and releases the flying bird from it. Nice little call out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's from um, that's Selena Kyle did that in uh, in Batman Returns. She popped a uh, bird in her mouth and it flew out uh, into the air right in front of the penguin. Uh, so a nice little call out there that obviously Barbara Keane at that stage is standing right in front of the priest who is now Oswald Cobblepot. So a nice little tie there. I liked uh, like the touch. Really, really good. And of course, we see um, a Barbara in the Belfry as well, um, where bats normally reside, uh-huh. um, which was really good towards the end. I mean, certainly this was a, a huge point. It's one of my points as well. Not so much about her being crazy, although, as always, I love love crazy babs uh-huh. um but it's just that jim and barbara get their wedding day not that jim particularly wants it but that um they have their day in the sun um i really like this i mean we, we've kind of been discussing and also uh you know other podcasts the forums all this kind of stuff have been discussing how um barbara Keane's character is significantly different from the comics especially yeah. given that she would ultimately marry Jim Gordon we kind of thought this was going to be a happy ever after kind of story and here to an extent we have that wedding that yeah. everyone expects to happen so I, I think that's quite clever I really enjoyed that little um, nod to the comics the, the, the nod to the discussions that have been had on this uh, point mm-hmm. um, and, and the fact that it's done in this twisted way I thought was really really good I also like the fact that you know Leslie Tompkins is so not impressed both in terms of the fact that Jim puts himself in danger mm-hmm. by, by sort of um, going with Barbara to you know a location that she doesn't even say anything about I mean Harvey and Jim are saying this is a trap this is a trap they know it's a trap and um, so Leslie is not impressed with how Jim is literally throwing his life around like this and pl- putting it to chance, as well as the fact that he does have a good old kiss with Barbara in the uh, interrogation or yeah. the interview room. Yeah. So, like, Leslie, I think she says, um, you know, we need to speak about this later. So mm-hmm. this is not done. And I wonder to what extent um, does this start? or maybe mark an end to their relationship or does it go from strength to strength who knows but i i think that it adds a nice little twist into that dynamic of jim and leslie which i i really like with all of these jim and barbara scenes uh, in this episode which i just thought was was really really good and of course she is also at the wedding yeah the twisted wedding absolutely and there is another couple of moments from from barbara where she's saying things to leslie directly saying things like um, oh, you're always there for me, you love him no matter what kind of thing. Um, so making Leslie question her decision to fall in love with this man, I suppose, and, and accept everything that he's done so far, it's kind of Barbara saying to him, well, I did the same thing, and look what's happened to me. Um, maybe you don't want to go down this path. She's almost giving her a, a, a nice, helpful advice, even though 
she's actually just trying to split the two of them up, you know? And it does seem, as you say, at, at points in this, that Leslie's kind of taken some of that on board, um, where she is questioning the decision to snog his ex-girlfriend right in front of her, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but I think for this uh, for this episode, the trailer that Gotham on 5 put out directly after episode 7 was out had Barbara in the wedding dress I didn't press play because I was going, that's going to be the end of the episode. There's going to be a big cliffhanger that the two of them are about to get married and the episode will be leading up to it. So I didn't expect this to be the opening of the episode that uh, there would be the wedding. And then obviously it leads into the the big service at the end. Yeah, no, definitely. And I do think that Barbara raised a few interesting points in her um, interrogation of Jim at the altar uh, whilst... Leslie is there. Mm-hmm. Like it was very um two faced. It was very much that, you know, he pretends to be this lovely person, but there's a dark side to him as well. Yeah. It, it's she's kind of very much saying he is like a two face, except he doesn't flip the coin. Yeah. He he actually has this bad side to him that everyone seems to accept because he then from time to time sprinkles it with this um this i'm a moral ethical good guy and i thought that was a really interesting uh, take on jim gordon especially after a discussion last week where you were questioning about whether uh, whether jim gordon is the upstanding moral center of this universe or has he changed significantly so it's kind of answered that question pretty quickly yeah and and i, I like the fact that barbara calls him out for killing someone yeah. uh, for penguin i thought leslie saying, oh, yeah, he's told me this as though it's all all right. Mm. I mean, it's still a bit weird to me. And I think to me this points to one of the inconsistencies, which this is a really, really great scene, and I absolutely loved it. But still, I can't get over, um, even in a heightened universe, Leslie's acceptance, certainly as a medical examiner, um, of, of Jim killing someone, not in the line of his work, not whilst he was on duty, but simply... To um, in order to get back into uh, the GCPD, to essentially take down someone who is just as bad as, um, in a, in effect, he is, and I I find her um, immediate acceptance of this, and ultimately then not accepting Barbara's craziness in front of her as being really kind of problematic. Interesting. Um, for for some of these scenes mm. because. On the one hand, she's accepting something that is absolutely just as nutty and crazy as, as what Barbara is doing. Although then, she did send him off to do what Oswald had asked him to do. Um, that was kind of her pushing him. So she did know about the killing before it happened. That's exactly what Jim was worried was going to happen when he went off to Oswald, that he was going to be asked to do a job. Um, and Leslie was the one that kind of said, well, you have to get back on the force. Um, <clears throat> luckily, effectively... Oswald chose his target to be a pretty bad guy. So it's not like um, Jim was sent out to kill an innocent. This was a bag handler, a guy that robbed, that had stolen a lot of money. He's a criminal anyway kind of thing. So, um, But yes, Jim has now murdered a criminal, which is not something he would have done in the past. But I think because of, Le- because of Leslie being involved in that discussion or involved in that decision, she isn't willing to accept it. But I like that Barbara puts the question back in her head again. Maybe you weren't supposed to accept something yeah, but like it, that I, well maybe so definitely and yeah i mean i know that she's kind of is aware that there is a problematic relationship with jim but mm. it, it's even just the fact that um you know the consequence of that which is you no know, you know commissioner Loeb is 
despicable uh, and you know you want him to be replaced but actually as time moves on you kind of go well actually he was replaced by someone who is increasingly becoming like not as despicable but questionable mm. just as commissioner Loeb is and the whole thing and storyline around that is about morality and ethics about you know, getting rid of corruption, Absolutely. and yet, actually, it's been done in a corrupt way. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's really some of these things. And as as I say, even in a heightened universe, are beginning to maybe be a bit slightly problematic for me. Okay. Yep. Ultimately, but I absolutely love this scene. And as I say, it was more just that to me felt like a slight inconsistency here. Right. That um, you know, on the one hand. Barbara's actions are questioned all the time by Leslie, mm -hmm. so that she's crazy and so on. And yet, she's willing to forgive and forget the actions that her boyfriend is doing, which actually are are maybe in certain lights just as bad as what Barbara is doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. I'm kind of thinking this is kind of setting up that great moment from Batman Year One, where Batman and Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon meet up and they kind of say, you know, we're going to be the incorruptible ones. We're going to be the ones that uh, save the city by being incorruptible because everybody else is corruptible. And I'm wondering if this is kind of setting up the pattern that Harvey Dent has already done some kind of shady stuff already in the show. A little bit, you know, supporting Galavan, for for example, is pretty shady. Um, you've got Jim doing some shady stuff. And then you've got Bruce, who will eventually rise to be the Dark Knight, and I'm wondering if he will lead them out of this kind of this pattern of making poor decisions and poor choices by his uh, by by being Batman, by being Bruce Wayne, the incorruptible one. You know what I mean? That kind of bring the three of them together. And I'm wondering if that's what they're kind of setting the groundwork for uh, for years to come. Like it's something very far in the future, obviously. But we can't have Jim falling down a hole constantly, where he eventually becomes a villain. And then why would Bruce trust him in future? Kind of thing. Yeah. But no, I, so to your point. Exactly. And I think when you think of Batman Year One, you know, I expect Jim Gordon to kill people in the line of duty, in the line of duty mm. and in defense of him in the line of duty. I expect that. But, for example, in Year One, you know, he is ex-military. He's seen too much death. Mm -hmm. um, when Commissioner Loeb and, and Detective Flass are trying to get uh, Jim taken out uh, in Batman Year One, Jim does not resort to killing them or, or, or killing someone to get Commissioner Loeb removed. Mm -hmm. And even when Flass attacks him, he attacks him back. But it is a violence that is intimidating, but it's not fatal right. to Flass. Right. And what I mean is I, I don't expect Jim to be a, you know, uh, a, a police officer or a police detective that, that doesn't hurt people or mm -hmm. doesn't get hands-on. But he makes a point of still being distinct from these people, and right. I think that has gone. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that the reason it is like this, the reason why Jim Gordon's character is feeling slightly at odds with what I expected is because we are so early in in, in the narrative of, of Jim Gordon, yeah. and that maybe by the end of the second season and hopefully into a third season, that, you know, he starts to realise that that one misstep catches up with him yeah. and he has to pay a price i think at this stage jim gordon has to pay a price for that mm. um and i'm hoping that that's how it goes so it'll be interesting to see now 
And I wonder if that price is going to be the relationship with Leslie. You, you may be right. Maybe these questions that Barbara's putting in her head are the things that are going to twist on her, you know? And listeners, if you want to hear more about our thoughts of Batman Year One, I think you can go back to episode four. I think we... Uh, I think Something that like that. Yeah. episode four or five but, uh, of this podcast, wasn't it? Early days of the yeah, podcast. Two years ago. Absolutely. Uh, and that's enough on the crazy Babs point and the wedding. Uh, John, do you want to give us your second point? Yeah, a penguin pinches another sandwich <laughs> uh, from Mr. Nigma mm-hmm. in the woods where there's an awful lot going down in the woods Isn't there in Gotham. Just... Yeah, a lot of digging, a lot of uh, imaginary picnicking. Um, a poor hunter who's obviously chasing something ends up being the hunted, uh-huh. um, which I quite liked I um, in a perverse uh, way. Yeah. Uh, the hunter becomes the hunted, uh, very horror-esque. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we see Ed Nigma follow a, a trail. I, I think he says there's an awful lot of foot traffic uh, for such a isolated place. Um, <laughs> I and, that was brilliant. Yeah, really good. So well played by Corey Michael Smith because he is just kind of channeling the crazy of Riddler now. He is Riddler. You don't see um, evil Ed this time and good Ed. You see just him channeling this this guy who's doing some slightly crazy stuff and then questioning to the universe, why is there so many people walking past when I've walked this far in to get away from everybody, you know? Great. And we see that, you know, when he tracks it down, the person who's pinched his sandwich, it is the penguin. Mm Mm-hmm. Out in a trailer recovering from the horrors of Galavan's mayoral um, success and big celebratory party. Yeah. Um, And, you know... I was talking slightly about inconsistencies before. Well, here's something very consistent coming from some of the first few episodes, which is um, Penguin and his love of sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, props to the writers and everyone involved Mm -hmm. for, for, for that nice little consistency. Absolutely. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was just that great moment when you're watching the episode and Ed goes, someone's taken my sandwich. And you go, I know exactly who that character is. It's that's, that's a little trait that's been brought all the way through really really good touch uh, that also was one of one of my points because I just love the scene I think it's a nice little farewell to Christian Kringle uh, to have her buried um, and have this little service that he's cooked up where they have their uh, a romantic picnic but also it's Gotham crazy as well because he's having a picnic with a dead woman um, and people keep traipsing yeah, through absolutely. the burial of a dead woman. You know, it's it's so classic Gotham. Uh, and we could say that now. It's a, it's a season and a half in and we, they've already got their own little tropes and their own little touch points uh, that they're using, which is great. Yeah, really, really absolutely. Good. Really good. Derek, what's your next point? The one I have is... Is Barbara dead at the end of the episode? How did she survive the fall from the top of the church onto the trees that broke her fall, apparently? Um, I thought that was going to be the end of Barbara. The moment where she falls out of the church, is reaching for, reaching up in the air, and you've got uh, Jim shouting after her going, no, you know, the classic moment. And then she's got her neck strapped up and she's being brought into hospital and being told that she's um, in critical condition. Is this the end of Babs? Are we are we about to see the death of Barbara Keane? I think this could go a number of different ways. I mm. think definitely, yeah, it could be the death uh, and end of Barbara Keane as we know it in Gotham. 
It could also be because the way Leslie Tompkins explained it, it was almost as though, oh, she's just got a slight concussion and a few broken bones, which, mm. quite frankly, is miraculous given <laughs> uh, the fall. Because uh, I think there may have been some spiky iron railings down there, which could have also um, come into play on this. But luckily, it was the softest of uh, of bushes that yeah. uh, broke her fall. So I think um, it sounds like she isn't going to die but that she will recover. So that leads me to maybe wonder whether she will, and she might be put into some an asylum again, obviously, and yep. maybe she will be in a wheelchair this time, and maybe we see some kind of um, nod to her daughter, yeah. to the, to her daughter and, and Oracle. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Or else they're just trying to set up that no one dies in Gotham the way that they never used to die in the comic books. You know, that people keep coming back over and over again from pretty amazing injuries and deaths. I know we have at least one character returning some point later on this season that uh, everybody suspected was uh, was dead. So um, we will see that in play. But it was just one of those shocking moments where you go, okay. Didn't really expect her to jump out of the window or, or uh, and not be dead. Um, so I just just a little other point. It was a really Barbara centric episode. This episode, so uh, that was one of my other little points. Uh, John, do you want to give us your next one? I do. Um, it is Bruce and Alfred again. One of the yes. soaring highlights of, of this episode. Absolutely, think that Sean Pertwee and David Mazous, Every time they are on screen together. Um, I just can't wait to see what they do. Mm. They have embodied Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne and, and Alfred Pennyworth in, in a way that I think will be one of the lasting legacies of, of, of this series of Gotham. Um, to me, um, the scene where they are in the, you know, proto Batcave, mm -hmm. uh, where Bruce has had his chat with Galavan about this exchange of, of, of the, the, a stake in, in Wayne Enterprises for information on his mum and dad's k killer. Um, and him battling and being torn apart by, he just wants to know, he wants this over and done with. He, you know, is it wrong for him to sell his, what he thinks is his mum and dad's legacy, which is Wayne Enterprises to Theo Gallivan. Is he battling with the idea that Theo's plan actually does seem, you know, a fine line for bribery um, mm -hmm. and not just simply a business deal, as they say. But I love the the embrace. I love the camaraderie that that Alfred has here where they just... You know, they hug together. Alfred, you know, lends his shoulder for support, says that it's Bruce, it's him that is the legacy of his mum and dad, not that the company, and that it is absolutely natural for him to want to kind of try and put this all behind him and move on. And to me, this was really powerful and really great. And yeah. I have to say, standout moment of this episode. I loved the, the Crazy Babs bit. Uh, and all of that as well. I really did like that. But this, to me, just it just like punches you with heart and soul as to how these two realize uh, Alfred and Bruce and their relationship. And I, I, I just love it. It's so strong. It's so strong. So real. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. David Mazus again, just a heartbreaking performance. You, you totally understand. He's been given the opportunity to to take away 
uh, the responsibility of having to run a billion dollar corporation. He finally will get to find out who it is that kills his parents um, and can close off that chapter in his life. And you totally understand why that would be a great choice for him. You know, he's 14 years old. You know, it's it's the responsibility that's been placed on top of him is obviously weighing him down. And it's just so well played in this scene. Really, really enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, which leads me on to my next point, which is Galavan and Bruce. It's kind of the other side of it. Um Galavan's playing a dangerous game with Bruce. He really is. You know, it's, it, it is so easy to see through that he is blackmailing Bruce. You know, um, if Bruce just had got a couple more lessons, uh, with his, with his, uh, fighting stance, could he not just, you know, punch Galavan in the tro- throat and take, take that file, you know? Um, absolutely. There's, there is just one moment of that scene that I absolutely adore and just couldn't stop laughing directly afterwards. It's uh, effectively just as Bruce is about to sign the dotted line and refuses to do so. Um, then you have the exact right time moment when Jim and Harvey walk in and are about to arrest Galavan for the, uh, the capture of the mayor. Um, yeah, Galavan just does that great flip of the file into the fire as it burns away Bruce's future. But again, another great moment from Devin Bazoos as he sees the impact this is going to have and just, you know, goes, is there any way of getting this back? You know, he's almost about to jump into the fire after the file, you know. Um, but I, I loved this. I loved the interplay. Galavan totally revealed his plan. Now it's all out on the table and now he's been arrested for um, for what he's done to the mayor as well. So um, I don't know how he's going to get past the next episode, but I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Galavan now that he's legitimately being charged with something by a, a witness that he's left alive. That was quite an interesting one. Yeah, touch. absolutely. Um, I mean, like, I love the flip of, of the wrist that shoots that that dossier into the into the flames. Really, really good. Um, I, I love the, the Machiavellian-ness of, of Galavan mm. and, and his portrayal by James Frain. I really, really like it. I mean, again... My only little quibble here, actually, um, is I would love to have seen some more time where Galavan is the mayor and he's being Machiavellian. Mm. I'd love to see that. I mean, I wonder how, um, you know, it's like he was elected last episode and now he's been found out and it's all crumbled. In one episode, um, immediately after, uh, you know, even just the fact that Mayor Aubrey is still alive, I'm just like going, you know, Galavan has been so careful and it's like, right, he's become Mayor, now he's so careless that, it all leads to him being arrested. I mean, I know he, you could have argued even in last week's episode, he revealed too much and, and it was found out mm-hmm. too too soon as well. But it felt right there. But it, it's this notion that, uh, again, that Jim only has to think it almost and all of a sudden all the pieces fall into place and, you know, hey, presto, next episode, Galavan's caught. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Okay, just just allow that that standoff between the two to like breathe and to really like develop into kind of hatred and, and um just um just bitterness between the two. I would have loved that. Yeah. It would have been so much better. And it's now, well, how is it going to play out with the brothers coming across the sea? You know, uh, those are plans and the plans for them to to kill and knife uh, the young Bruce Wayne it is the um is the brother who had obviously made it to Gotham is he going to take up the the cause from Galavan now that he's been arrested what so 
you know, there's some great questions that result from this. Mm. Like, what's Tabitha going to do? It would have been really good to see a bit more of Jim and Galavan in their places. One as mayor, one as, you know, Barnes's right-hand man at the GCPD, facing off and, and playing that game of chess. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's it's all these dominoes just fall and it's all falling into place for for jim gordon and part of me kind of goes does he deserve it but there you go it's it's interesting like obviously we'll see a lot more in the next episode because this is kind of how it closed out really so i'm intrigued definitely to see what happens um he might escape you you never know and and given how how intelligently they've built up Galavan so far you really have no idea whether this was part of his plan you know um at the end of the day they got the piece of information from Barbara who was sent to kill Jim um did she give that information up freely that the mayor was was on the docks uh, was that what she was told to give to Jim so that they found him at that particular time you know there's lots of machinations going on within Gotham and it's one thing I always want to caution myself uh, when I'm watching the episodes because we watch it episode by episode we have no knowledge of what's coming up in the future episodes and I always want to kind of go okay I didn't like that in this episode but that could change in a week's time no it could you know? and I mean I, I fully realise that yeah. and it, it, it's not really saying that it's a bad episode because of it mm. it's just that I wish they had done that. And it might actually happen because we won't know until the next episode. I mean, that's one of the great things about TV. But I'm wary of the fact that they have cut characters short before in Gotham. And I hope they don't do it to... Yeah, and I I hope they don't do it with with Galavan. Um, Look, Tabitha is still in the wind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean... As you say, um, Galavan has been absolutely calculating um, all the way through and that this could just be part of his plan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so my point was the Bruce versus Galavan piece in this episode. Bat versus Superman, Bruce versus Mayor. Uh, John, do you want to give us your next point? Um, no, well, I think uh, certainly some of my points have been covered there in terms of, you know, uh, Galavan's knowledge of... of uh, the information about Bruce Wayne's uh, parents' killer. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I love that, and I would love to know how he knows, or, you know, or is it just um, a red herring? Like, that I'm really intrigued to, to find out. But certainly the fact that, you know, again, it's just a nice little touch that he flicks it into the fire, yeah. as we've yeah, discussed, yeah. because, you know, it is one of those untold, unknown mysteries uh, of this whole universe, which is... It always just simmers away at the background. So I really, really like that. But I do, I mean, you get the impression here that Galavan's plans are falling short all across the way. You have Mayor Aubrey uh, being um, found um, and, and, and rescued down by the docks. Um, you have Barbara not completing her mission to kill uh, Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you then have Bruce Wayne not signing on the dotted line. Yeah. Galavan's plans seem to be unraveling. And I, I think really that's my sort of other big point here is that his well-crafted uh, plans, his well-thought-out and, and executed plans are all starting to fall a bit short. And that's why I think with the previous discussion, it's, well, have they now? 
Um, you know, is that the case? Because if, as you say, maybe this is part of his plan, well, then they haven't. Mm-hmm. But I do feel, and I got the, the, the impression that all his plans were coming to naught. And the one big thing that I really uh, am looking forward to is how Silver St. Cloud and Tabitha respond and how the brothers coming, the, the, you know, the, the House of Dumas and the the hooded order, there, mm-hmm. how they um, play out in Gotham Absolutely. because they are still coming, and maybe he gets rescued by them from mm. from incarceration. So this, um, I, I like just how it's all been mixed up like that. I, I mean, I really do. Um, <clears throat> you know, despite it being a bit too quick for for my right. for my mind. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I've got a final point, um, and I just—it was more about the scene and how it was filmed. I really, really enjoyed um, the scene with Barbara, Harvey, and Jim in the car uh, as Jim's trying to get some information out of Barbara. Um, really well played because Absolutely. it is shot out in the streets of the streets of New York, um, and you can really feel it like a like a seventies cop show. Exactly the kind of shows it was built on, like the streets of San Francisco. You know, it was really like a cop show where you've got your crim in the back and you're trying to interrogate them as you're driving at high speed. But what I loved about it was the truck taking out the car as it gets to the really crossroads good. it's fantastic and was completely surprising to me uh, i was kind of worried for harvey bullock at that at that stage as his head was hanging out of the car with blood coming down um i was kind of worried that they would take out that character uh, in this kind of way in the show you know they've done um they've done that kind of thing in the past where they've taken out a character that people love very quickly and i was kind of thinking oh god is this the, this going to be you know raising the stakes for jim again that his his partner's been taken out you know luckily he's not he's used to great effect later on in the episode um but there's also another great moment and possibly our batman 66 moment of the episode um, possibly when the henchmen who are all hooded uh, all come up all hooded and dressed the same way all come up and uh, inject jim and take him out of the car knock him out and take him out of the car you know um it was one of those things where i was like you know are these the is this like the joker's gang used to be in batman 66 it's exactly you know? like that or you know faceless goons mm-hmm. absolutely and the the thing i liked about that scene as well i loved as you say just the the shot of Barbara's face in the rearview mirror uh, as the driving, yeah. But then as Jim is coming around and he looks back and she's no longer on the back seat, she's escaped from the the squad car. That you know he looks around and there she is, yeah, looking at him, goading him, like he's he's there immediately about to come out, and Tabitha's there as well. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Tabitha's role. In in that um, takedown of, of the police convoy, I thought it was really good. I love the fact that they seem to be driving through an urban canyon, and I think that, as you say, yeah. that's what threw me when when the truck came out of uh, left field, really, mm-hmm. because there were all the these high lines and, and kind of it seemed like um, cranes, dock cranes, yeah, and, and it it was almost like sort of a western you know there's the cavalry going down the ravine the, mm. the canyons and, and the indians are there are, are waiting to to pounce and to do their surprise attack and you just don't know where they're going to come from it was really really good um i also like tabitha's role in the church as well um just how she said enjoy this like i mean she's a psycho she enjoys inflicting pain so just 
giving you know her and barbara had that kind of seemingly relationship um whether it was lovers or whether it was like a, a tutor and a student relationship where tabitha was telling her and instructing her in the arts of torture and death and murder and mm. killing uh, and using weapons and all that kind of stuff and i love just how she says you know take your time enjoy it yeah um, and yeah. that was that was dark and i and i really liked that mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um i mean the thing for me as well was you know bullock has concussion but he puts one and one together and comes up it's gotham cathedral they do recover very easily from concussion so actually barbara falling out of the belfry is nothing <laughs> that's that's true. Stroll in the park. This is Gotham. This is Gotham. You know, this is the kind of thing that happens. You know, um, I like that that there is a bit of investigation again. Can't forget that uh, that Harvey is a detective. You know, that, that is his job. He may not have been very good at it for many years because he was just taking backhanders from Fish Mooney, but he's been a detective <laughs> yeah. in Gotham. You know. Um, but I think that brings us to a close on our points. I do have a note uh, which is connected to kind of the last point we were talking about, which is Harvey Bullock, because um, he does have another great. Bullockism of the week. Absolutely. Um, when speaking to Captain Barnes, uh, Captain Barnes says to him, I need to know that one of you isn't going to get sucked into all the mind games that Miss Keene is going to be pulling out there. Harvey says, not to worry, no one's ever accused me of being sucked into mind games. Uh, obviously a reference to people thinking he's not uh, as fast a detective as uh, as some of the other members of the GCPD. But nice little uh, nice little moment from, from Harvey. No, absolutely. I, I, I like that whole... Um, you know, the you're breaking up, Captain, you know, classic moment. Um, I thought that was just a, a nice little touch as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the other quick line from Bullock was also uh, anything that makes Barnes's tight ass nervous. I'm I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, that was the line. Yeah. That was the classic line. Uh, John, do you have any notes in this episode? No, I don't. I think that brings us to the end of this discussion of Gotham. Derek, I mean, overall, what did you think? Um, overall, I think I, I said at the beginning, overall, a bit of an inconsistent episode, but some good stuff in there. There's uh, definitely Crazy Babs being in there, the nice little callback to uh, Batman Returns. Uh, it felt like a little bit of a, a kind of a, a gap-filling episode. Um, there's a lot of episodes in this season. Sometimes you do have to have some that just move the story along. Uh, but the standout moment in the episode, which you... You got to choose in your in your points was uh, definitely the meeting of Ed and Oswald, and just makes me go. I want the next episode. I want the next episode. I can't wait for these two to be uh, to be together. I'm really interested to see what Ed's version of taking care of Oswald will be. Really intrigued to see what happens when the two of them are uh, are in close proximity for a long time. Like last time they were together was. Uh, was effectively Ed st stood too close to Oswald and was told to get away from him. So how are they going to stay in close proximity for a long time? Well, absolutely. If him looking after the Penguin is anything like his looking after Christine Kringle, well, then Penguin better be wary and better watch out because um, Ed Nigma is now a bad, bad boy. And, of course, Penguin doesn't fully know this. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe he does, but I don't think he does. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, for me, 
I would definitely give this a good three, three and a half um, flying batarangs out of five. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed an awful lot of points in this. Um, and I really think it's teed up nicely for Penguin and Ed to really get a bromance going on mm-hmm. uh, in the next episode. Nig Mobblepot is back. Nig Mobblepot is most certainly back. And I, I thought the standouts for me, I loved Barbara in this episode and I loved um, Bruce and an Alfred. That's true. Absolutely fantastic. I also kind of did like that Galavan's plans came apart. Again, for me, there were a few inconsistencies, and again, it was down to timing. Um, and I think that's why I just per back on, on my rating. It was just the timing. Yeah. I actually liked how Galavan's plans fell apart, but again, it was just well, he was only elected in the, the episode before. I and think, I, think, I think we tend to want it to slow down at times yeah, when it I, speeds up, or the elements that it speeds up on, we tend to want them to focus on them a little bit more. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And I, yeah. and I think after that, I do feel that for me, um, I need to see Jim Gordon have some kind of payment for his sins and maybe this will happen mm-hmm. but um i'm not too sure it, it it's becoming a bit problematic for me having a righteous um detective in there um who at the same time is actually not righteous at all and mm-hmm. i even in this heightened universe i want to see him pay for that and i want to see him get his comeuppance and i'm hoping that again maybe for me this is an element where the timing is working the other way and they're taking their time on it but i want to see it sooner and mm-hmm. um, so ah uh, look you know it's it's minor niggles really because i love ben mckenzie's portrayal of, of jim gordon mm-hmm. um, and i do like uh, you know how he's Certainly, his interaction with, with Barbara, I thought, was excellent. It was really good to see those two team back up. Yeah. And again, how he plays that out with, with Leslie Tompkins will be really interesting. So, as I said, I think 3.5 Batarangs out of 5 for, for me uh, in this episode. So, before we get into feedback, we do have a little bit of feedback uh, to come. But um, the one big question from the episode is what's in that envelope from uh, from Galavan? Uh, has he has he actually discovered the murder of the Waynes? It's quite telling that he wasn't opening up the envelope and showing Bruce even a little sample of some of the some of the evidence that he pulled. Um, do we have any new theories on who the killer is, or are we still sticking with our original theory, John? Well, I mean, our original theory was that it was Butch Gilzean mm. on the basis of, of um, the, the the size and kind of shape of, of the killer. Mm-hmm. And it could still well be that, but I do think um, it could equally be a self-portrait of, of Theo Gallivan, given the idea that he is trying to utterly destroy and crush the Wayne family and erase them mm. as they did uh, in the 18th century of the Dumas from Gotham. Yeah. He wants to wipe them out, like to the point where he wants to buy a controlling stake in Wayne Enterprises and presumably run it into the ground or replace it with a big uh, G, um, Galavan Enterprises after right. it. He, you know, he wants to kill Bruce Wayne. He, he's given that plan over. And maybe it was um, Butch Gilzean still, but under the orders of the Dumas yeah. in exile yeah. to, to, to set this whole thing uh, going. Maybe it was Court of Owls. And the other one is still, it could also be Penguin. Penguin knew that there was going to be blood and war coming to Gotham with the death of the Waynes. Yeah. Again, maybe it was um, Oswald Cobblepot. And maybe it was Oswald Cobblepot again. 
hired to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not them for their own reasons, but being hired as contract killers. So there's there's a few d nice little theories that you could yeah. sort of posit on this, definitely. What about you, Derek? Yeah, I do have a feeling we're going to find out soon, uh, which is something that I really want to find out. Uh, I'm still convinced that either Butch or possibly Gabe, which is uh, Oswald's other right-hand man, or was at least, um, I'm kind of thinking it's one of those characters. I think we've definitely met the character. Um, I think that's what will, will make the reveal special for Gotham, that we'll have met the character and we'll know them before the reveal of who the killer is. Um, but I like that that there's a possibility with Galavan's kind of some of the things he teases a little bit. Um, there's a possibility that it's a hired killer um, and that the person who hired them is going to be the next layer of what Bruce has to investigate. It gives him more to do. He'll know who it was that killed uh, his parents, but it gives him more to do to investigate the person behind those killings, I suppose. Um, exactly. Yeah. Or the organization, the nefarious organization, exactly. Court exactly. of Owls. <laughs> but there you go. That's uh, that's one of the pieces of speculation that I that that was definitely jumping out at me when I was uh, when I was looking at it, going, "Does he have anything in that envelope?" Because he doesn't seem to want to give it over until Bruce has signed away the company. So maybe it was an envelope full of nothingness. You know, uh, you never can tell. Absolutely. But I think with that, I think we move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Paul Edwards through a direct message on Twitter. Question for the podcast. I doubt Theo will be in custody long. It is Gotham after all. I wonder what he's got up his sleeve. He must have had a plan if Barbara messed up. Also, because I study criminology, it's great to see how, in the show, they show how two different policing styles clash to get results, i.e., Gordon and Harvey versus Barnes, when Barnes told them to abandon and they continued. Well, thanks, Paul, for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if he goes to Arkham, there is the swinging doors of, of, of Arkham. I wonder if we'll see Blackgate, maybe, as a, uh, because he's not necessarily criminally insane, um, although you could argue that he is. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, as we kind of saying you know tabitha is still in the wind and maybe silver st cloud has got or has inherited um or has been taught tabitha's psychotic tendencies and so equally the two of them could race to his aid along with the cohort of the dumar brotherhood yeah yeah this could be battle in the streets with the dumars versus the GC gcpd yeah so it could be battle royale absolutely and and maybe you know, he will accept the, 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 the punishment and go to jail, knowing that his allies are still out there, definitely. Yeah. And absolutely, Barnes and Gordon and Harvey, the, you know, the different styles is really, really important um, in, in this show. And it's really interesting to see. I'm still not entirely sure whether I fully um, am on board. I think there's still kind of extremes uh, of those styles, possibly. Um, and as I say, Barnes does seem very military in his, in yeah, his style. And despite Jim being, you know, coming from a military background, he does seem to be still quite open to investigation. <laughs> you know, he does. Uh, he doesn't. I'm not sure I agree with Barbara's assessment or with Leslie's assessment that he just runs at things. He does seem to want to investigate things that are going on around him. I think Barnes is actually the more ethical of the two now. I think were um, it was Jim who came in wanting to be what Barnes is. Barnes is the one that wants to do it by procedure. Mm -hmm. um, he he sees black and white in, in his policing, which is you have broken the law or you haven't. And yeah. ultimately, I think that is what you do in a legal sense. Um, because otherwise, um, 
without enforcement of the law, there is no law. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, but really interesting to see these two go head to head. Thanks very much for that feedback, Paul. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Our next bit of feedback comes in from Daniel Butcher uh, of Welcome to Level 7. Uh, just quickly, he says, I actually wondered who, who would be bold enough to eat the sandwich and walk away, leaving the bodies behind. Now that we know who, well, it's nice seeing these two get together in the end. Uh, so that's really interesting. Yeah, similar similar kind of thought where the sandwich is stolen right beside two dead bodies. The bodies aren't touched at all. He just took a sandwich and walked off when there's clearly some two people been murdered. Um, you know, you're kind of going, that's obviously Oswald, isn't it? It has to be Oswald because he's crazy. Crazy, but clever. Yes, very clever. Very clever. Thank you very much for that feedback, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. We also uh, got some more feedback from Natalie. Um, thank you so much, Natalie, for for all the feedback you you, you sent in here. It's like it's great. It's, it's um, and I just want to pick out one bit for for me, um, which we didn't touch on. It's definitely this restocked and expanded strike force that has um, been done by by uh, Captain Barnes. Uh, like this is a really important development. It's really him stamping his authority. But as you say, and um, you go, I think it's official now. The restocked and expanded strike force has become Gotham's red shirt army, anonymously <laughs> taking one for the team so that the stars do not have to. At least the first four had names and a semblance of personality but then again she goes on to say Gotham is already crowded enough as it is little room for character development for glorified extras Mm. however there might be room for one wasn't Rene Montoya in Gotham Central a protege of sorts of Commissioner Gordon I'd like to see them pull some future strike force member preferably female out as someone for detective gordon to mentor Uh, she would then be reaching detective about the time he makes commissioner absolutely um and i I do think that um obviously we would love to see uh rena montoya and detective christmas allen uh back in this show yeah i think they were two um elements of Gotham that I think would have been excellent here. I mean, they could still be pulling out um, Jim Gordon. I mean, they did, they pulled out his potential for being bad mm-hmm. um, in the first season. And here we have him doing bad stuff. And I think they could really begin to question their original decision to mm. um, sort of let him off and to fall in with him uh, on the basis that actually he is a good guy after all, because yeah. now they're starting to see th- this um, darker side. So, I, I really like that take, Natalie. Yeah, why why would we create a, another Rene from the gang of the Strike Force? It would be kind of cool to bring in Rene again. Uh, totally agree. Totally agree with you, John. And I think I'm absolutely with you with regards to Alfred uh, recognising Theo's ploy at extortion and just the whole um, aspect that Theo did have information on the Wayne murders, that it was, um, you know... Was it really legitimate information that Theo contained in that envelope, or, mm-hmm. or was it just a simple way of, of getting Wayne Enterprises uh, under his control? The whole Bundeslaw angle, as you say, um, really does kind of highlight the aspect that, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne really were killed over what they were discovering at Wayne Enterprises. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. One other thing I wanted to pull out from Natalie's email is that she says, uh, wait, we're only a third of the way through the season and Theo Gallivan is arrested. His main plan thwarted. He's supposed to be the big bad all through the season. How, mon- how much more twists and turns do we actually have? The former Dumas clan and its order will be looking for revenge now, certainly, probably with the Wayne knife. 
Penguin can still get his satisfaction against Theo. Uh, one good thing about Gotham is that they do not draw many plots for an annoying length of time. They have packed a lot of what I'd been predicting about the season, about the end of the season into the first half of it. Um, totally true. I, I absolutely thought that Theo Gallivan is going to be the central bad guy for the entire season of the show. Eight episodes in, he's now arrested. Like you know, yeah, it's, big time. They and are cracking through the storyline, and partly to your point from earlier on, John. Yeah, um, you know, you wanted to see him as mayor, and you would expect him to see him as mayor. Maybe blend into the background for a couple of weeks, and then come back as the bad as the bad guy. He was central to last week's episode. He had the closing scene, and then this week's episode really central and now arrested. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's it. We're almost done with this half of the season. Uh, we're going to shut down the Galavan arc and then move it to something else for the second half of the season. You know? I mean, I definitely agree with, with Natalie uh, it, that she points out that Gotham um, you know, really does not draw out uh, many plots for uh, you know long or great or even annoying lengths of time absolutely mm-hmm. um, but i think it's annoying only if it's not good um in terms of if it's long um and you know it is interesting that we all kind of thought this was a a full season character um, and maybe he still is ultimately yeah, uh, we really don't know but but as you point out you know gotham really is cramming this together you know no matter how hard we try not to we are obviously aware that um Hugo Strange and Mr. Freeze are going to be in Gotham. So mm-hmm. we know all this. Um, so we do know that there's other characters coming. So it'll be interesting to see how they all fit together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree, Natalie. It's a fun ride as usual. Uh, thank you so much for, for the feedback. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and if you want to send us any emails or feedback, just send them to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Come join the group over on Facebook. We're just building it up at the moment for season two. Just search for Gotham TV Podcast. Join us in there and we'll be chatting about Gotham all day, all night uh, as the UK episodes uh, air. And follow us on Twitter as well at Gotham TV Podcast, where we live tweet the um, Gotham season two that's aired in Ireland and the UK on Channel 5 mm-hmm. at 10pm every Monday night. Absolutely. Next week's episode of Gotham, Rise of the Villains Season 2, is called A Bitter Pill to Swallow. Hopefully it won't be a bitter pill. Hopefully it'll be a good one to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though, definitely. Absolutely. Thanks very much for listening. John, do you fancy a tea sandwich? Maybe. Uh, there's just way too much foot traffic uh, going through this podcast room. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. This has been a Flickering Myth Podcast Network production. For more information, head over to flickeringmyth.com for more shows like it. Find this show in iTunes by searching for the podcast name and head over to youtube.com forward slash flickering myth to subscribe to the Flickering Myth movie show. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye bye.